Welcome once again to Soundfiles, the music of video games, and we're back talking about Metal Gear. This time, however, we'll be covering the games that were not directly directed, that's true, by Hideo Kojima, but instead diving into the world of the weird, the wonderful, and the regrettable Metal Gear spin-off games. We're going to kick off with the NES versions of Metal Gear 1 and 2. Metal Gear 1 was released for the NES in December of 1987 following the success of the MSX versions. This game was not directed by Hideo Kojima and had to be massively scaled down compared to the original, with different sound effects and music to go along with it. The music, as you may expect, was composed by the Konami Kokeo Club and, and features some variations on the MSX original's themes including the alert noise, which actually used a feature of the NES's sound trip to make a siren-like noise. One of the standouts, however, has to be Sneaking Mission, which was an original composition for the NES version, and has big Mission Impossible vibes. versions of Metal Gear inevitably led to sequels. In 1990, Metal Gear 2 Snake's Revenge was released on the NES, which featured a slightly buffer, more Arnold Schwarzenegger take on Snake. Despite the new look, there was still an emphasis on stealth. Snake and two other soldiers were parachuted into Zanzibar land in order to rescue uh, a number of other prisoners. This, of course, led to Snake sneaking about, as he is well wont to do, and, of course, a plethora of new music tracks, especially this one, which is the fight against Metal Gear itself. After the huge success of Metal Gear Solid and Metal Gear Solid 2 on the PS1 and PS2, respectively, 
Spin-offs became inevitable, and with Sony's brand new PSP about to launch, Metal Gear was destined to make an appearance, however perhaps not in the way that most people would have wanted. Instead of a Metal Gear Solid title, we received Metal Gear Acid, and then Metal Gear Acid 2. Two games which, although they share Solid Snake and a number of other story elements, are in terms of their gameplay almost completely different, as that the combat is, rather than real-time, it is based on turn-based card-carrying strategy. Um, by card-carrying, I mean that you literally have to collect and carry cards in order to make attacks and movements. Its music, then, is also slightly different compared with the rest of the series, with a more jazzy and techno-infused feel. Have a listen to this track, Back to Back, from Metal Gear Acid 2. Music for Metal Gear Acid 1 and 2 was composed by Nobuko Toda, Akihiko Honda, and Shuichi Kabori. And while the Metal Gear Acid games certainly have their own charm, they weren't the core Metal Gear experience that fans were clamouring for. Therefore, just as well that in 2006, another spin-off, Metal Gear Portable Ops, would release on the same PSP system. It would feature gameplay more in line with the core Metal Gear franchise, though with some interesting changes. It was the first game to basically steal and kidnap people and brainwash them into becoming your soldiers. No, that that's, that's a real thing that happened. As well as the expected real-time combat and stealth mechanics. The music was composed by Norihiko Hibino and Takahiro Isutani. Its standout has to be the vocal track Call of the Night, sung by Natasha Farrow. I'm 
At this time, Metal Gear's main priority was providing a soundtrack that was huge, cinematic, and provided bombastic and intense action themes. And uh, this is where we're going to come to Metal Gear Survive. Um, Yeah, Metal Gear Survive is a huge misstep in the franchise. I don't like it. Uh, It's hard for me to say anything positive about it. Metal Gear Survive is the first Metal Gear game that was released after Hideo Kojima's exit from Konami. It is a survival game with zombies in it where you build things. And, yeah. Um, I'm sure it does have some plus points. I'm uninterested in finding them out. However, I will say that the soundtrack is pretty good. Here's a listen to Wormhole. Survive soundtrack is composed by Haruna Kubo, Takanori Kaneko, Pedro Avela, and Karin Nakano. And that's it. We're going to wrap up there. There are no more Metal Gear games to talk about at all. Not a one. No, that's it. Definitely not. I don't know why you're looking at me like that. Okay, all right, all right, fine. No, you've dragged it out of me. The one game left on our list, which did come out before Metal Gear Survive, but I wanted to leave it for last because it is such a beast of a soundtrack, is of course Metal Gear Rising.
Unlike almost any other game in the Metal Gear franchise, Metal Gear Rising's focus isn't on stealth, it isn't tactical, it is all about action. In order to push this philosophy home, Platinum Games would partner with Konami in order to create a new metal symphony that reset the power balance in the Metal Gear world. Raiden doesn't need to hide from a Metal Gear. Raiden will chop that Metal Gear into tiny pieces with a giant sword and watch it explode. It's phenomenal, it's over the top, and still carries on the weight of ideas that Kojima instilled in the original Metal Gear series. With deeper philosophy on what it means to be a soldier and what it is to fight for a cause. All of the video games I talk about in this series will have soundtracks. However, only a select few will have an album. And Metal Gear Rising has an album. It is that good. It was composed by Jamie Christopherson, a veteran Hollywood and video game uh, soundtrack producer. And it's, ah, oh, it's just so good. Uh, here comes The Only Thing I Know For Real, which is both a kick-ass action anthem and also the protagonist questioning his own reasons for fighting in the first place. God, I love this soundtrack. I've been Matthew Wynn. This has been Sound Files. Catch up with us on the Too Late Update podcast. Send us a message on Twitter at late underscore pod or too late update at gmail.com. I'm out.